Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. Today, joining me is Dave Moore. Dave is an author, a keynote speaker. He has survived four plane crashes, <laughs> flew through three hurricanes while performing search and rescue with the Coast Guard, and has logged 39 combat missions in the Middle East. He's also the author of the book, Wake Up and Win, Take Your Life Off Autopilot. And when I saw your story, Dave, I knew I had to get you on the show. You're so inspirational. You have um, so much that you've went through. And um, I'd love to be able to talk today about how you came uh, out of that on the other side and offer some inspiration and, um, you know, some uh, some hope for the listeners. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Sloan. Thanks for having me on here. So yeah. I do apologize for the dark room. I'm in the Vegas <laughs> Convention Center. So we did our best here with the background, but uh, uh, just kind of a fun, a fun day. Absolutely. So four plane crashes, nobody, nobody can deny that that's just ridiculous, right? I mean, you, you know, there, there's certain, there's certain milestones in life, I guess, if you're paying attention that, you know, there, there's, I never planned on being a motivational speaker, an inspirational speaker. It was never, I never even saw a motivational speaker, inspirational speaker, really, until yeah. I, I actually became one. And uh, by the twists and turns of fate, uh, it just wasn't something that was in my wheelhouse. I mean, we had people come in, but, uh, you know, I never I never went out of my way to go and do that. So, um, you know, talking about going into it, I, I mean, I end up 23 years old. I end up laying out in the middle of the woods on December 17th, 1997. It's uh, uh, the, the 94 years later to the first flight ever at Kitty Hawk. And I find myself, my face is ripped off. I mean, I'm laying in this airplane and, and um, I'm out in the middle of the woods with this doctor. And you can imagine, I'm not going to go through my first plane crash, the whole story, but it's like, I went from, I mean, I, I, I completely, completely changed as a person. I mean, yeah. instantaneously like that. So um, I was given three reasons why I shouldn't be alive by the NTSB, the National Transportation Safety Board. And when they leave it up to the universe, <laughs> like, you know, yeah. that's, like when the U.S. government's like, I don't know, man, like there, you, there's no way you should be alive right now. And imagine that, Sloan. Imagine laying in a hospital and, you know, the, the, these officials who you respect, you know, the FAA, the NTSB, and they're saying like, dude, you should be dead. I mean, not that cool, but you yeah. know, you're, laying there and you're all bandaged up. Like, you know, you just got, <laughs> you're like, okay, I don't know what to say, right? So um, you can imagine, and, and I laugh about it now, but you know, it took me years, I'm talking 22 decades to really digest and overcome all this. And yeah. that's why I do the three C's of uncrashable leadership, because um, I don't want, I don't expect anybody else to have to go out and crash four airplanes. Um, it <laughs> right. seems like every time I get off course, I get brought back on course. So I'm like, yeah. okay, because there's no doubt that Dave can do a lot. I've been successful in corporate America. Like I have a lot of things I'm good at, and um, but it's obvious that I'm supposed to be speaking and I'm tired of getting in crashes. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stick with it. Right. You know, so you're going to you know, stand like, on the stage and speak. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it was like I used to always say that, you know, all three. I knew I always thought there was going to be a third one and the third one was it and blah, blah, blah. And I don't say anything anymore because when that when that nose wheel came off of that fourth one and we're skidding down the runway, like, waiting to catch fire. I'm like, I'm like, is this for real? Like, right. 
by the fourth time you have to be like okay universe like what what do i need to know like what's the deal here like what's for this is the fourth time i mean that's crazy that's just crazy it was it's not too long ago and the funny because i went through covid like we all did and uh my business went from here to just crash but i did everything that i talk about and and i I pivoted and, and you know and i ended up i was doing better i mean just not better but i was doing very very well and then got side focused with you know these other things that i that i pivoted to and the universe brought me right back with a fourth plane crash i was like oh yeah covid's over i'm right (laughs) right oh my gosh so let's talk about that you're speaking in what you you mentioned the three c's and you're you're pivoting so what what do you like to talk what do you like to share with people when you're talking well what i share with them is the the three c's so i I call it crash combat and commit right Mm -hmm. so the crash that's the crashes of life are going to come, you know, and, and what do I mean by crash? It, it's, it, it's the challenges that life throws at you, yeah. both big and small. You know, I mean, there's way more to just crashing airplanes to Dave Moore. I mean, I've been through the struggles. I've lost a child. I've, you know, I've had to, I've had to go through all these struggles, these normal struggles. It's just, you know, who would think the crashing airplanes we could actually make fun of where yeah. we don't want to sit and talk about, you know, we all go through these struggles in life. It's part of yeah. life. And, you know, it was funny because I was doing a show and, and somebody said, you know, you live in this blessed life. And I said, well, that's because that's the way that you see it. That's the way that I see it. But, you know, other people could see it as like a condemned life or a cursed life where it's, it's exactly, you create what you speak, you know, you you actually create, and I talk about, you know, that you create your own personal professional success. Absolutely. Right. Right. And, um, you know, so the, the crashes of life are going to come big and small and, to help get through that because after my first crash, like I talked about, I had post-traumatic stress. There's no doubt about yeah, it. I'll right. never say disorder. I'll never say disorder. You know, who, who who's going to come tell Dave that I have a disorder? And, right. and that's part of my spirit. And as part of being an uncrashable leader, I say that an uncrashable leader is driven by growth. Look at me. I get all fired up. That's how much <laughs> I love this stuff. Yeah, no, I can tell. I love growth. it. Yeah. And, you, and the second part is you have a fighting spirit. And, and, and you have to, because the, the world, the world's a tough place, you know, yeah. and you have to go out there and you have to be able to, you have to be willing to get into the, into the, the, the tent with the bear and wrestle yeah. with it and roll around. If you ever want to come out and really achieve everything that you can achieve. So the yeah. crashes of like, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say what you were talking about with, I can tell you have a, like a defiance about you too, right? Like if somebody tells you, you can't do this. It's like, just from the brief interaction, (laughs) you're going to say, yeah, right. And I have a similar story to that. When I was um, in my mid twenties, I had a rare bone disorder in my foot and I had to have surgery. They said they, they, the surgery was experimental. They didn't know if it was going to work. They told me I was never going to walk again. And I was like, yeah, right. That is, that's not happening to me. Forget it. And I, I remember I was two months after that surgery. I was, I, I don't even like running, but I was running on the treadmill because I wanted to prove to that doctor that you're not, what you tell me is not true. That is not happening to me. And it's, I mean, after, after that, it's fine. Like, it's, it it was a non-issue, but had I listened to those doctors who wanted to bring me down and tell me I couldn't do it. And I remember even my mom looking at me, like shaking her head and crying, like, I don't think you're going to be able to walk. And I'm like, well, that's not my story. Absolutely not. And it seems like you have that, that same spirit in you where it's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to just, just because somebody tells me something doesn't mean that's the way my life has to go. 100% Sloan. Thank you for that. that. That's, that's why I love doing this because I take from so many others. I mean, a guy, I was up speaking in front of, uh, they were all CPAs. I, 
because my background is so diverse, I relate to so many different people. I get to go to mm-hmm. some, and the guys like, you know, and I'm talking about the positive mental attitude and, and just what you talked about. Right. And, you know, I'm not talking about image boards and all this, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm just talking about getting in the fight and saying, oh, post-traumatic stress, the psychiatrist got me in front of these light boards and I couldn't even tell my story. I'd shake like this. I mean, it was, yeah. it was pretty traumatic, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and just like your event, you know, never walking again is pretty traumatic. Right. But it's like you said, when people tell me, I love when people tell me what I can't do because then it gives me the opportunity to show them what I can't do. <laughs> right. And, you know, but just don't ever think that that struggle was easy because we're laughing right. about it now. But there was a point, you know, I know that there was, you know, successes like this. You're like, oh, you know, and then the yeah. letdown and then you're back up and then the letdown. And, and, and it's that constant because it, and this is getting into combat. So combating your, your, your crashes. I give a couple different ways that I was able to combat my crashes, like tools to uh, to fight these, because really it's a learning process that you have to learn of how I can approach this. There was a doctor who's written 13 books. I mean, this is his expertise. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the son of a postman from Pittsburgh. I'm five foot eight with my boots on. I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Right. And, um, you know, like I have no background or I had no plans on going to medical school or doing anything like that. But I had to figure this stuff out. Because everybody's telling me I have post-traumatic stress. Well, that's a bad thing, right? Because that stops you right there. But I talk about post-traumatic growth. And then I give you tools where that I had to learn, but it was my passion for aviation at the time that gave me that strength. Like it was your passion of not, you know, not, you know, Sloan was not willing not to be able to walk for the rest of her life. That was the end of the story. I remember you saying know? that that is not acceptable to me. I told the doctor that I told my, and I told myself that every day. And like, you're talking about it, you know, again, we can laugh about it now, but in that case, I remember, I mean, having to crawl to go to the bathroom, right. Because I couldn't put pressure on my foot. I was on crutches for like probably close to that two months of like recovery. And, you know, it was, it was also that, that drive within myself because nobody, in my case, nobody gave me any, there was no protocol. Nobody knew what to do because it was so rare. So I made my own protocol. I I had no clue what I was doing. I made, I felt my way through it. Well, this, I can do this today. I can, you know, I can move my foot this way today, or I can use the resistance band this way. Right. And I kept doing that. And I would go back to the doctor and he would say, you're doing what? And I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. I didn't have that, um, that frame of reference. And like, you're talking about when people tell you, you have something, um, not, not to like deny that, but most people tell you that you have something in a way that is not (laughs) positive for you. Right. It's not that, oh, you have this, but you can do this. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's constantly like pushing down on you with what you have. And what what I realized in my situation was I had no, there was nobody telling me what I should or shouldn't do because nobody knew. So that gave me freedom. That gave me the freedom to feel my way through it, to do what worked for me and not listen to what they said, because I knew you don't know what you're talking about. You've never done this before. So I'm the one experiencing this, not you, you don't know. So I'm going to make my own decisions here. And again, two months later, running on the treadmill. Now, again, I hate running. I only did that in defiance of everybody who said I couldn't do it. But that drove me that that defiance drove me to say, screw you. You're you're not holding me back. That just simply isn't how my life is going to go. That's beautiful. And that's exactly why the universe keeps crashing me, because um, the 20 years that I went through, there was there was no map. There was no. Yeah. Just just like you said, you know, I mean, there was there was no way. That, you know, I mean, I couldn't even, I would shake like this two years. I couldn't even get on the back of a commercial airliner. I couldn't even sit in the back. I had to get drunk 
just to sit in the back of it. Yeah. And um, that's how scared of flying I was. So I'm the son of a postman who got a little money to play football, got myself to college, was like working in the steel mills and, you know, like doing whatever it took to get my ratings. And now I've worked all this way. And now I've been in this, this plane crash. It was an act of God, by the way, it was a deer that we hit on takeoff. I had no, you know, it was yeah. nothing. That I, not, none of the plane crashes were my fault. I know it sounds terrible, but you're like, I mean, but it's the truth, man. Right, it's like, right. You know, and, and that's my whole point about it. And it makes it even more, epic about the crashes of life you know a deer a mid-air uh, a mid-air collision while refueling another airplane that ran into us in the back in the air force uh, a nose wheel steering fault box that that uh that this totally took control of the airplane uh in nashville the jet the haunted jet the nose wheel just departing the airplane on late you know it's just like so my whole point is the crashes of life come yeah. big and small and yeah. and i give you these tools to combat them because what i realized is I thought I was scared to fly for two years, Sloan. I couldn't even fly. And I thought I was scared to fly. But this is one of the tools I talk about is so often we misdiagnose what we're actually dealing with because I wasn't actually scared to fly. And, and I love Einstein because Einstein talks about this. And in, in, uh, he said if he had one hour, one hour to solve a problem, he spends 55 minutes on the problem and five minutes on the solution. Where all of us other normal people that aren't like brilliant like Einstein spend five minutes on the problem, say, okay, this is the problem, and what can I do? And we just start throwing as much crap against the wall as we can yeah, until yeah. we think something sticks, right? Yeah. Well, it turned out I wasn't scared of flying. What do you think I was scared of? Crashing. Dying. <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, I mean, literally, I came to, and I'm, I'm 23 years old. My face is ripped off. My my whole nose is like, like literally ripped off. My, my nose ports are covered, like stuffed with mud. My mouth stuffed with mud. I'm suffocating. This doctor's got me pinned forward. My hand's underneath the airplane. I have no fingernails. If you go to my website, M-O-O-R-E, motivated.com, um, you, you see some pictures on there. But uh, so they said I'd never have fingernails again. They grew back like a uh, one of those lizards, like a chameleon or whatever, you know. And, yeah. um, and I mean, I got myself out. But I mean, I was I was afraid of dying. It was like, you know, yeah. at 23 years old, I went through I went through a midlife crisis really is, is what I could boil it down to because I'm very simple in terms. So I, the whole time I'm over here thinking I'm afraid of flying. I'm data driven. I'm a math and science guy. I, I'm reading the statistics, you know, the, the, this statistic, you know, you get struck by lightning, crash an airplane. The chances, you know, it's one and you have to fly every day for 14 million years to be in a plane crash. Well, <laughs> that doesn't really work out in my story, does it? Right, right. I know I'm not 56 million years old or whatever, you know, right. so it's like, and I, it just, you know, but, but I was so data driven. And that couldn't fix me. The light boards yeah. that the psychologists were trying to use couldn't fix me. So I had to actually come down and say, well, what's the problem here? Because you have to start asking questions like, what, what, why is this the problem? Well, because right. I'm a pilot and I want to, and I want to, I need this to do so. You know, this is right. my passion. I wanted to be an American Airlines pilot. Like I'm just trying to get back in the game. Right. So fast forwarding through all this really cool stuff, because uh, we just don't have the time for it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I give you some tools to combat it. So I end up, and I went to Navy flight school, these twists, these turns. I end up in the U.S. Coast Guard uh, by these amazing, if you get my book, it's a quick read. I'm not trying to make a killing off and I sell for like 10 bucks. Um, you can read it cover to cover from like L.A. to New York. And I made it that way. It's very stream of conscious. And you'll hear this crazy story of how I end up in the Coast Guard. Everybody's like, oh, what are you doing? You're missing out because I got myself back into flying. I was still like, I was still very tense. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, there, there, there's, there's a story. I end up going to the Coast Guard 
And um, I get in there in August of 2001. And everybody's like, oh, you're missing out on all the seniority numbers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, mm-hmm. September 11th came and shut the airlines down. So, yeah. you, you know, I followed this whole thing and it worked out for me. I go to the Coast Guard, I end up going down to Navy flight school. I'm competing against the best in the world, right? So after my plane crash, I'm sorry, I get excited in my throat. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> after my plane crash, Sloan, I had changed so much as a person, my whole outlook, everything I perceived. Yeah. And I mean, I have a big crack down the front of my head. Um, I mean, I hit the ground at 200 miles an hour. The military is like, were you knocked out? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the ground at 200 miles an hour. I mean, you're going to get knocked out. Right. My recruiter said, don't say a word. So I didn't. But I was like, no. <laughs> you know, because you had to go through all kinds of tests. Right, right. So, With the, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, you know, so I went from there and then I get down to Navy Flight School and I actually thought there was something mentally wrong with me, which is arguably, I hear I'm crazy, but it's a good crazy, apparently. <laughs> so I go down to Navy Flight School and I compete against the best in the world and I come out at the top of my class. And the really cool part was, is I wasn't competing against everybody else like they were. I was competing against myself because yeah. when I started out, my legs were like straight out on those rudder pedals. And I was just trying to I was bare knuckling it through. I just, I was gritting it out and I would, what if, and I would, what if, what if this happens? What if the wing falls off? What if we catch on fire and we'd go out for an hour flight and I'd come back just exhausted. Everybody else come back be like, that was so cool. But I, what if every scenario. So my mind was so grown to anything that came my way. I was ready for it because I'd already, what if every single scenario and I was working 10 times harder at my craft. And then when I came out like that, um, you know, not that you need self-validation from the outside world. Cause I really speak against that. I talk a lot about self-doubt right. and personal and professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that time in my life, I thought everybody like in my inner circle was just hiding the fact that there was something screwy with me. But when the United States Navy put those wings on me in the coast guard and I graduated at the top and, you know, like that was a self-validation saying, dude, you're all right. Like, because yeah. I had changed so much as a person. And I've just continued to grow and grow and grow and push myself because when you come that, when you touch death like that, you just realize how important every single day of your life is and how not guaranteed, like we talk about how not guaranteed it is. But when I come in there and you see me and see how just normal and average I am, you, you know, the first thing everybody goes through something like this, I'm sure you went through this, like that happens to somebody else. Somebody else finds out they're never going to walk again, not Sloan. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same yeah. thing with Dave. Can you relate yeah. to that? For sure. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, even when, you, when you're talking about those crashes and those, um, I, I recently lost my dad. I've, I've talked about that on the show and so those crashes in, thank you. And those crashes in life, what I realized, through, I mean, I'm realizing many things and changing in many ways, but when you talk about the crashes, um, nobody's going to go through life without crashes. Right. And it's, it's part of life. And what I realized through my recent loss was that I didn't do anything wrong. Like I had this feeling that I had done something wrong because that happened. And I know um, I've talked with other friends who are not necessarily losing somebody, but when there's the crashes in life, we always, I do, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself and the people I know, but there's a tendency to look back and say, well, what did I do wrong? How could I have prevented this? How could I have done something different? Right. And in your case, I mean, the acts of God, right. The the deer running out in front, like, I mean, nothing, you couldn't, that was, that was the path that was going to happen. That that was what was going to happen. And I, I just wanted to bring that up for that reminder that, um, because I think when we go through, like you were talking about with, um, you know, having, um, 
what you went through with the, the shaking and the, in, in getting yourself back into it. Um, when we add that extra layer of guilt or, or, um, regret on top of what we're already feeling, it makes getting through that, like even a million times harder, right? Because we're adding this other layer on by telling ourselves these stories. I talk a lot here on the show about stories. We're adding these stories that are not true. They're not beneficial and they're, they're doing nothing to help us move forward. 100%. I mean, I could just feed off you all day. It's like, you know, exactly what you were talking about. We have so little control over life. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's another point that I convey. But the way that you react is everything. Because, yeah. you know, if I went through one plane crash, and you had me on the because sh- my first plane crash, it's an amazing story. Like it will, it will make it will, it will tingle you. Um, you, you know, and I tell it I tell it in my keynote. And you know, if I came, if I told that story and I came in here and I said, Sloan, I just gave up, you know, cause I went out and I was selling boxes. I, I was literally selling boxes and, and you'd be like, <clears throat> okay, Dave, you know I mean? You're, I, I can understand, you know, I can understand what happened and, and uh, you know, I can understand you didn't want to fly anymore, but think of what I would have missed out on. Yeah. And, and I talk about winning, winning is momentous. You know, you, you get that momentum of winning and when something holds you up or hits you and it's big in life, you know, a loss or something. And, and if it hits you and you allow that just to, just to, just to grab a hold of you, cause it will try. It did. Yeah. I mean, we're talking my at rest heart rate for like a year and a half was like 125, 130 beats per minute. Oh, wow. like, I mean, I couldn't even calm down for, I mean, it was ridiculous. I'm having anxiety attacks, which I think are heart attacks. And I'm laying on an EKG machine as a young man who was a college football. I mean, I was athletic, right? And I'm like, Doc, I'm having another heart attack. And he's looking at me. He's like, your heart's fine. I think you need to go to the third floor. It's always the third floor, isn't it? <laughs> he goes, it's up in your head. I'm sorry, guys. I got uh, I got the desert. I'm in Las Vegas and I live in Florida. And let me oh, yeah. tell you, that is two completely different allergy groups. <laughs> yeah. I've been taking the Claritin. Uh, I've been here for two days. I've been taking them every night. It's really dry there. Like if you're used to humidity, like to go to a place that's really dry, it's like, I don't even know how to deal with this. <laughs> I was over at the convention center. I go, hey, I go, where's the steam room? I need some steam in me because <laughs> right. I was drying right. out. But uh, it's just different. You get used to it. But, but, but you're exactly right. Then my third C is just what you talked about. It's committing. It's committing, yeah. to, 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 it's committing to self-leadership, to self-development. You know, everybody's looking for these magic bullets on leadership and they don't exist. And I, and I mean, I've been through, I, I've been through all the three branches of the service. I've been through their leadership schools. <clears throat> I've been through civilian. I've been a C-level executive at a company. And I mean, you know, yeah, you can have management tools and those are all fine. And that's not what Dave comes in to give you. I, I you know, if you want management tools, you can find those in other places. I come in and I turn you inside because look, I built myself so strong. I went from just being average because I was given the opportunity. Now, <clears throat> I could have went in two different very ways. I was very successful selling boxes, you, you know, but I was driving down the road one day and, and I just closed a big account. And I said, Dave, what are you doing? You're a pilot. Yeah. You need to get back in the air, yeah. you, you know, but I was scared. I was in my company. It was a minivan. <laughs> this is a general manager gave us minivans. <clears throat> I'm a young guy. I'm in this company minivan. I just closed this huge deal. You know, I'm getting all kinds of commission. But I was like, man, I got to get back in that air. Yeah. And in, in the style of me, it was, it's got to be like full go. Like I got to go compete against the best in the world. We're going to do loops. We're going to do rolls. And then I come out of there and they're flying for the Coast Guard. And those guys are awesome, man. But what they do on a daily basis is like heroic, you know? Yeah, it's like, yeah for sure. You know, like who 
flies into a hurricane. You know, they're like, hey, we got a search and rescue case. I did three. I mean, you know, it's like you're flying into the hurricane. I'm not talking 100 feet off the deck in a 30,000 pound jet. You know, it's not like you're way up in the air. I mean, you're right. down in this thing. And um, I, lo- I loved my, my time and the experiences. But so obviously, you know, somebody who was scared to fly couldn't even get on the back of a, a U.S. airplane to go out to his cousin's wedding in California. So the progression, excuse me, then I got to the Air Force and I was so laid back by then that they would laugh because um, in one of the manuals that said micro napping was approved. And as soon as we leveled <laughs> off, I would unloosen my boots and zip down my flight suit and I'd be like ready to micro nap. So I'd gone from like so stressed out to so calm. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got bam, and it was my test, you know, so I got that next curveball and boom. You know, and it took me two weeks. So it took me two years and two weeks to recover from the second one because it's that momentum we're talking about, you know, and it's like it was a lot to take in because, you know, the boom said we're five feet from taking off the back of the tail. It's like, wow, they take the tail off of that airplane. We're done. I don't care. There's nothing you can do to control an airplane when that tail comes mm-hmm. off. You're dead. You're me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then uh, and then I went through there and some situations lined up. Like I said, my book's a quick read. And then, boom, I find myself with this brand new wife. And we're living in a hotel. I go from being like the stand officer, I instructor pilot, evaluator pilot. Like I, I did all these things and I'm living in a hotel room. I mean, completely unfair. Like, I mean, it, it, it's the story is funny. I mean, it, it was a paperwork snafu because of an email chain in the DO, the Department of Homeland Security and the Department of Defense and them not meshing my, my package together. And I unfairly oh, got geez. kicked out. Like yeah. I got kicked out. Like they're like, oh my God, they got me back. They got me promoted, got me back in. They called me big slick. But it was like, so I find myself living in a hotel in Pensacola with a brand new wife. I mean, literally like a micro hotel, like uh, she's she's a sweetheart. And she goes to me, she goes, she she called me up and I'm Ubering. I'm driving for Uber. I mean, I'm like flat on my rear end. And she goes, she goes, honey, she said, the girl next door has a lot of boyfriends. I said, well, she's a prostitute. I said, but it's okay because the people on the other side are drug dealers. So I don't think anybody's going to mess with us. Like I'm working to try to, you know, to try to rebuild us. And we go from there to I go to a company and a construction company selling the construction equipment, become the number one salesman in like a big company, like a national company. And we're making money hand over fist. And I became the vice president of another company in sales. And, you, you know, just it's just but, you know, again, there's no magic bananas that my, my strategy in my rebuilding, it works no matter where I'm at in life. And now that I know that, I'm sitting in such a great place because I've done a couple of things though. I've also don't dealt with my own mortality, which is a huge issue that, you know, that you have to look inside and deal with. And I talk about that in my book about, mm-hmm. you know, stripping down and rebuilding myself literally from the foundation all the way back up and then moving myself forward where, you know, it's been, it's funny. Cause this one girl down in, uh, in Miami, we, we flew together in the coast guard. She said, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen when Dave's in the jet. <laughs> you, you know, because I mean, there's many more things that I've gone through. And then and then, you know, I'm talking about, you know, losing a kid, going through a nasty divorce and all, all those, you know, things of life that you have to go through. But it's all in the way that you bring yourself out of it. And that's exactly what you're talking about. So when I talk about committing to self-leadership, it's not this, you know, this, this 30,000 foot view. It's like right here. And you got to grind it out because, yeah. You, you know, life, life can be tough, you know, life can, t- life can hold you down and people can tell you, you have post, you know, you have the disorder or something like that. But if you turn that word around, say I have post-traumatic growth and now look at me, I've grown because of these opportunities, instead of it beating me down and stopping me, it's actually made me 
live I, what I believe well beyond where I'd, I'd ever have gone. I mean, my high school yeah. guidance counselor told me that I like fast girls and fast cars. I should go work <laughs> in the mill. I mean, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, well, yeah. So I mean, it's just been an amazing progression because of the way that I committed to myself in, in, in the beating what was put in front of me, just like you did yeah. with your with your foot. Yeah. Well, and what I love about your story, I mean, your energy is just amazing. Like it's so contagious, but what I love is that you had that calling inside of you to get back to flying when you were selling the boxes and you didn't ignore it. Right. I think a lot of times people ignore whatever is calling them and they spend their whole life fighting the calling and then get to the end of their life and are so unhappy that they didn't actually you know, go after what it was that they truly wanted. But the other thing that strikes me when you talk about that committing to self-leadership too, is that we're the only ones that can take ourselves through it, right? You can go to all the training, you can read all the book, you can do all the stuff, but unless you're willing to commit to yourself and take yourself through that process, you're going to end up staying right where you are. I mean, we are the only one, we're the ones we're looking for, right? How many times have people heard that, right? You are the one you are looking for. You're the one that takes yourself through it. And hopefully the, our conversation today has inspired everyone listening to do that because it, there were so many times in your story, you could have gotten down, you could have ended up doing the opposite of what you wanted, but you didn't, you made the choice, you committed and you got, and now you're here to, to tell us these amazing stories and motivate others. So it's just amazing. And I want to congratulate you for that. I just love hearing your story. Thank you. And I talk about, you were talking about the voices in your head. And I also talk about that in combating, you know, that, that we do, we have these voices and, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to fly again. And oh, don't you remember you crashed how bad it hurt. Yeah. You, you, you know, we go back and forth and it's that fear. That fear yeah. just knocks so many people down where once you address those fears, the, the sky's the limit. And, and when I see the have and the have nots, I've gotten to work with some really like people that have just succeeded in life. And I'm talking in different ways. I'm talking, you know, I, I, I've seen a hero go to heroin and come back to being a hero, you know, like and, and, and I've worked with, you know, people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. And the number one thing in every single story of the haves and the have nots it's follow through. Yeah. It's the people that actually follow through and, you know, we can get started, but that's what I talk about that commitment, you know, that committing to self-leadership and growing yourself because look, man, you know, number one came, number two came nasty divorce down to nothing living in, you know, I mean, just, you know, going and seeing the war. I mean, we went from saving lives to killing people, blowing people, you know I mean? It was like, you know, but all these events, and it just and it just kept building you, and it's what you do with it when you take that in. There's no definition of leadership. All it is 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 taking your experiences, learning from them, and that's why I like to come and speak because that way I can give you some of my experiences, so you don't have to yeah. live through those, and you can reflect that back and apply it to what you're going through, and then just take off from there and get some inspiration, like you said, just yeah. to follow through and make that commitment. And um, in my last part, so uncrashable leaders. I say that, you know, that we're driven by growth, right? Because, I mean, mm -hmm. you have to want to grow. Like, you have yeah. to want to walk again. Yeah. You could have accepted a chair. You could have accepted, you know, I mean, but you said, look, I'm not I'm not ready for this. I'm going to, you know, I'm yeah. going to be driven by growth. And then you have the fighting spirit, just exactly mm -hmm. what you said. You have to have that yeah. fighting spirit. And, but above all, above all, you just have to refuse, refuse to allow what life throws at you to dictate your, your fate, your destiny. Yeah. You have to refuse that because, yeah. you know, one and through there, then two, and then my third one, you know, so at two days I flew that airplane out, mechanical malfunction off the runway, 
skidding out. I mean, it was just, it, it was insane, you know, and there's a lot of mystique in there. I'll let you read that in the book. It's kind of interesting. I, I have more questions than I can answer. You know, that, that yeah. I, like I personally have more questions and I'm still growing every day and searching and, and um, you know, to the, to the fourth one where I'm like, Oh my God, this is, I mean, I got out of there. Like I called the tower and I said, Hey, we're going to go ahead and get out. We're at Teterboro. We're like the one of the busiest airports there are. <clears throat> I said, Hey, we're going to go ahead and get out of here, man. <clears throat> and the guy goes, yeah, if you think you're going to catch on fire, get out of there. So we <laughs> jump out and I look and then like when I noticed that like, we weren't on fire and we had like come to a stop on the center line. I mean, it was just like, like if you knew aviation, you just looked and you're like, this isn't, I mean, is any of this even real? Like you start, right. to wonder, you know, <laughs> right. like how much you can really dictate through your thoughts and like how much like we really can, like I said, you know, life's going to throw those things at us, but yeah. just in the way that you react. And I almost was just like laughing about it. I mean, at this point you're like, okay. <laughs> This is just kind of getting fun, man. <laughs> right. I mean, what else can you do after after what you've been through? I mean, Dave, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. I love your energy that you brought today. It's been such an amazing conversation. Um, before we close out, do you have any any final thoughts you want to leave with the listeners today? Any final thoughts? Well, we covered a lot. I guess yeah. my final thought is, like we talked about, is to follow through. It's just taking that yeah. first step. Um you know, if, uh, if your company's having a meeting, bring me in, I'd love to come and talk an hour. And I think, you know, I think it bring a lot of, a lot of, uh, good change. If you want to do some one-on-one coaching, I'm available for that. Check me out at more motivated M O R E <laughs> public education, M O O R E motivated.com. I'm as, I mean, I'm as just like real as real gets, you know, yeah. like there's, I can there's tell totally. I love it. Dave. I mean, I get on yeah. stage. I'm like, I'm five foot eight with my boots on. I mean, I'm scrappy. I'm a fighter and I'm committed and I'm committed to being successful at life. And man, we get one spin on this rock. So let's make the best yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love everything you said today. And I'll, I'll link to your website in the show notes so the listeners can find that and um, contact Dave, reach out to him. As you can tell, he's got so much energy and he's got so much to offer. And um, Oh, and your book too on Amazon and wherever books are sold. Wherever books are sold. Yep. And on the website okay. too, as well. Okay. Awesome. All right. Again, Wake Dave, thank win. you. What's that? Wake up and win. Get your life off autopilot. Yes, yes, exactly. And I'll link in the show notes as well. You've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, sloanfremont.com, to learn more.